Welcome to Trends with Benefits, real estate investing with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. We strive to bring an open, honest, and transparent approach to real estate investing by informing and educating listeners about the real-world benefits, issues, and challenges investors need to know when it comes to direct participation real estate. This podcast is where you can learn the latest trends, innovations, and opportunities available to help build wealth, create income, and diversify your portfolio. So get ready for another informative, fast-paced, and entertaining episode of Trends with Benefits. Welcome, folks. Glad to have you with us uh, for another episode of Trends with Benefits podcast. We're your hosts, Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. And um, we tie these together with the podcast. And so um, we have two producers, actually. We have an executive producer, Anna, and the assistant producer, Natalie. And they both require me to tell you how to subscribe to the newsletter. Because if they if I don't, they will crush me like a little bug. And, and so not one producer is enough. We need two to keep us in line, Ryan. So here's how you do that. I encourage you to sign up for the free newsletter. You can either go to trendswithbenefitspodcast.com, and it's right there. You can click on it and subscribe. Or you can go to our company website, which is Vincent R.E., RE for real estate, vincentre.com. And under resources, you can sign up for it there. And it's called Trends with Benefits, The Dirt. That's the newsletter. But these correspond, the newsletters and the podcast correspond together. So uh, we want you to uh, either listen and read or read and not listen. Either one, we're going to hit on the high points of what uh, we feel are the key topics to cover these days. So in this one, uh, the newsletter was called or the title of it was the tides have been changing in the real estate market, bringing new opportunities and challenges. And uh, boy, that is true. And so let's, let's cover what that means. So if we look at how inflation has soared, interest rates have climbed and concerns over a recession remain, uh, it's no surprise to hear that the real estate market is changing. That doesn't mean all for the good, all for the bad. There are changes and things are always going to change, right? And so thanks to shifts in consumer uh, preferences, changes in supply and demand, and the emergence of new real estate investment opportunities, the coming years could look a lot different than the prior years. So um, we take a little bit of this content from um, Motley Fool asked three contributors what they feel is next for the real estate industry, including the biggest opportunities and hurdles uh, for investors to prepare for in the coming year and beyond. Here's what they said, and then we're going to comment about what they said and what we think. So let's look at this, Ryan. Why don't you hit on this um, residential real estate first with uh, Liz Brummer-Smith? Well, residential real estate, you know, before I get into that, when you talk about real estate, there's so many different asset classes and categories of real estate, and different ones are affected differently by different economic conditions. Um, so we're going to hit on some of those uh, here. So residential real estate, single-family homes, I mean, you've had this unparalleled rental and home price growth for the last two-plus years, spurred by low interest rates, low supply, you'd had sellers. I mean, we, you know, everybody you know, saw that. Um, with the rise in interest rates, that's inevitably under attack, and uh, a giant shift is is coming. 
Um, what does that mean for real estate as a whole? Well, that can be a detriment or a benefit depending on the asset class or the category that you're looking at. But what I can tell you from my opinion, from an economic standpoint, higher rates will create less affordability for single family homes. It already has, you've seen that, but you're gonna to continue to see that because I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg and sellers are still thinking they're getting inflated prices or maybe a small price reduction. When straight economics tell us that if wages aren't increasing to keep up with cost of goods or cost of the homes, higher interest rates equal higher payments, something has to give and that's gonna be home prices. Those are gonna come down. I mean, the, the Fed is very, has been very, very clear on that. Um, well, here's another, another point about the real estate market. It's so different than the stock market per se. Um, meaning we even talked about home prices there, right? They're not the same all over the country. Like the, the, um, Pacific Northwest way overvalued more than even the Midwest, uh, Midwest, they say probably could be upwards of maybe 30% overvalued. Pacific Northwest up in those uh, states, they're saying 70 plus percent overvalued, which um, is not surprising because when I look around and I I track prices and uh, the percentage of increases that have occurred over the last few years, it's ridiculous in some of those areas. Now, maybe you, you know, maybe those of you are listening, you know, know Vincent, or maybe this is the, the first time you're kind of getting to know us and you'll quickly realize it's no secret um, that we're fairly large multifamily apartment developers and owners. And so what is, I get that question all the time uh, from, you know, our, our investor group is what does uh, higher interest rates mean for, you know, for your next project or for your coming mm -hmm. projects? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you know, higher interest rates are going to, you know, cause it to be less economically beneficial, uh, you know, to all of us. And, that's something that you really have to be in the business to understand and what the cyclical notions are of higher interest rates. Yes, higher interest rates creates a higher interest expense. But with higher interest rates, the flip side of it is with higher interest rates comes a significant fall off on demand for lumber, furniture, fixtures, labors, equ labor, equipment, mm -hmm. all of those things. So now you see construction costs come down, lumber prices come down. So you see the pendulum switch to where all those sky high, uh, you had, all, you, you know, before a few years ago, you had sky high costs and record low interest rates. Now you have higher, more moderate interest rates, but you're seeing, I mean, single family new home builds have all but died off. I mean, it's completely stalled out. And so that significant drop off in demand creates an excess of supply brings prices down in a competitive market that we're, you know, in competitive uh, market and you have that pendulum switch to so your costs are less. And that's, in my opinion, is something, and in my experience, that's something that I'd rather have would be lower construction costs versus lower interest rates because the interest you can get back through refinance or if you're going to sell the asset, you can manage right. that. But construction costs are not something you can, once you lock in those and start construction, those are fixed. You can never get those back. Mm -hmm. And so now the pendulum switched the other way and it's actually made it very advantageous. Second to that is higher interest rates create a larger renter pool, less home affordable affordability. People have to live somewhere. Now those future homeowners, while unfortunate for them, are now a larger renter pool. 
It seems like you've done this for years or something. What a great segue right back into. And we have, of course, we had a, uh, an, a radio show for 10 years before the podcast. But um, back, this takes me right back to the first person, Lisa Brummer-Smith, that Motley Fool interviewed. And her topic was residential real estate. So when she talked about in 2022, uh, existing home sales consistently decreased for months. And it may uh, make, uh, what does she say here? Marking the biggest jump in home price reductions since the start of the pandemic. Okay. Then she goes on to say a recent report from Adam Data Solutions, Adam, A-T-T-O-M, Data Solutions, found that home affordability, Ryan, this hits right to your point, home affordability declined 97% in the 575 counties that it tracks. I mean, that is... Well, we see that happening, and here's what she said that results in. Lower housing affordability will also mean that rental housing will continue to play an increasingly important role in the housing market with rental rates likely maintaining their steady growth. Well, exactly, exactly what you're just saying, and that is what we're seeing, and we're anticipating strong, strong growth um, through 2023 and in the uh, coming years. Well, just to give another kind of real world example is, you know, a friend of mine uh, was wanting to move on Lake Minnetonka here, which is a, a local chain of, you know, I'd say chain of lakes, but a, a local very the lar- local lake sure. here in Minnesota. It's even pretty well known actually across the country. So it's a, a desirable place to to go. And he was an all cash he's an, he was an all cash buyer, and he last fall had lost his offer on a house uh no last summer he lost it he lost he lost out on uh, on a house to uh another you know another offer well, about 30 45 days later he got a call back and the realtor said hey you're still interested and he goes i don't know why and what happened was the previous one had financing and the fed raised interest rates a half a point and now they couldn't afford it. They dropped off. How crazy is that? How a half, you're buying, I mean, this wasn't like a $10 million house. This was a million five, a million six, something like that. And you, you, yeah, this person was financed to the hilt where a half point interest rate killed. He should have never been in that house yeah. or moving into that house anyways. And anyways, my, my friend up, ended up finding another house because he, he said, yeah, I'll take that house for 500000 less than I offered you a month ago. Yeah, exactly. But um, but that's a real-life example. Half a point increase in interest rates. So now that person either is uh, you know, financing something you know lower or you know that's just, again, one example where there's uh, millions of people out there like that yes, that are yes. no, no longer buyers. They're renters. Uh, well, uh, to the point of the interest rates, I'm, I'm – and you're – the person who – the buying uh, – opportunity fell through for him because of the interest raised half a point. I'm speculating here, but as you said, millions of people are in this boat. I'm, I'm also going to go out on a limb and guess that, you know, they had um, two or three vehicles financed probably brand new Cadillacs. I'm sure. Well, you know, something finance, right. And um, possibly consumer credit card debt. So all of these things just buried them. Well, that's a whole nother podcast. We get well, it. My background is finance and economics, and yeah, uh, my degrees. And so that's something where you look at record credit card debt. Come, you know, for a lot of folks, 
again, creating a larger pool of renters with the increased price. I mean, what's a dozen eggs going for? That's just one example, right? Mm -hmm. So now these people are financing their life on credit cards and they're going to finance their place to live through renting. And, and it's just a, an economic cycle. I mean, eggs have gotten so expensive and instead of eating 12 at a time, I can only eat 11 now. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So final thought from Liz Brummer-Smith on residential real estate. She says this, investors should use caution if they are relying on home price appreciation as part of their investment strategy and instead look for, now listen to this, instead look for investments that prioritize cash flow through rental income. Many companies in the multifamily apartment sector are still seeing incredible rental growth and demand with occupancy levels nearing all-time highs. That is true. And given the stock market volatility, it makes it an extra advantageous time to invest in rental properties. That's her final thought on that. I really can't. Uh, usually I like to punch a hole in there or something, but um, yeah. Go, well, uh, the couple that to, to piggyback on that, Dale, is uh, Maxfield Research and Consulting is a uh, a very large, reputable consulting and research firm and directly in the, the the apartment space. And they specifically here, for those of you that maybe don't know, we're based in uh, Eden Prairie, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis, about 20 minutes southwest of it, but otherwise known as the Twin Cities here in Minnesota. Twin Cities, this comes right from their report, Twin Cities vacancy rates remain among the lowest in the U.S. and have posted a 12-plus year run of sub-5% vacancies for apartment buildings, mm -hmm. meaning they're 95% or better occupied, which is incredibly strong. Vacancies remain elevated in the core cities, while most suburban submarkets are sub-3%. Now, at the same time, demand is elevated from would-be home buyers, like we just discussed. Uh, they're left on the sidelines due to the affordability constraints and lack of supply. So you've got these number of different factors that are strengthening the multifamily apartment space. You're right. The the uh, I'm holding that Maxfield research report right now, and their last uh, paragraph says multifamily is still the preferred asset class among real estate types. And although the market is moderating, which is that's that's true, that's a fair way to say it, uh, with the changing macroeconomic conditions, the apartment sector is on track for solid performance and is well positioned for long term returns. I. Again, um, that's what we see. That's what we see, and uh, that's what we base our investing on and our new projects and our new developments on. So um, so the next one that Motley Fool interviewed was Mike Price, and he was talking about farmland. Now, many of us at uh, Vincent Companies are well-versed uh, in farmland. Uh, I own farmland myself. Some of the best farmland in the country. I'm originally from the north central northwest Iowa. And so um owning real estate, owning farmland there is um is a is a pride and joy and I still uh purchase more when possible when certain ones come up and are are close to others that I have. So this one here was very interesting to me and in general you know, without getting too deep into the farmland thing, just because it is a key asset class, though. Uh, Mike Price is saying that the farmland will continue to do well over the next um, months and years here, or out a year, I guess. Can't really go 
beyond that too much with farmland. Things do change quite rapidly in that space. But um, he says as long as inflation stays high, uh, it's going to really keep it strong. And and when food prices go up, uh, owners of farmland make more money and require more when they sell the land. And that's absolutely true. Um, I know that the farmers that rent the land from me, we have open discussions twice a year on how are they doing? I want them to do well. They want me to do well. And it's a, it's a great setup. And so, but he's saying, um, you know, the, the fed is working on trying to get uh, inflation under control and things like that. But there are, uh, there have been several rate hikes and there may be more. And, and so, uh, bottom line is, according to the study, the total farmland returns were around uh, 7.8 uh, in the last year. So um, let's move on to the last asset class that Motley Fool asked uh, an expert about. And this is one that is sort of up and comer, Ryan, and misunderstood by a lot. So we'll just touch on it a little bit here. But it's metaverse real estate. And the... The expert that they interviewed was Christy Waterworth. Now, metaverse real estate is an interesting thing. It's digital real estate. And to ignore it would be remiss. I think that it's always good to understand what's out there. Uh, and when it first was talked about, and there's there's a couple of main companies, I guess, that, that I follow in this space, Decentraland, uh, they go by Mana, Mana, M-A-N-A. And the other is the sandbox. They go by sand. Um, Decentraland is farther developed along. Sandbox is right there with them. But at first, I could not figure out at all what in the world this was about. But today, I got to tell you, with what I see and and what, especially when I look at my daughters, you know, twenty five and eighteen, and what they what they do, they visit the metaverse real estate on a regular basis without even understanding that that's what they're doing. It's online. Um, you can do, they do fashion shows uh, and that people own this real estate. So it's, it's like a, a virtual city, virtual malls. It's really very cool. But what will happen with that? You know, I, I think over time it's going to continue to develop. There's going to be, of course, a lot of pitfalls, but that space is very volatile as it is. Well, it's not super comprehensible to to you to anybody at first, and you know you want even for me, you know, it's something new. We got to quickly dismiss it. And again, just um, it's digital real estate, supply and demand. Everything in this world is based on supply and demand. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting concept. It's a very interesting um, uh, space. Yeah, and uh, Christy Waterworth's final comment on it was that while there is um, volatility in the space and a lot to be developed, I mean, you just think back about uh, the dot-com era when it came into effect and nobody really even knew what a dot-com was. Uh, what the What's the internet? What's the, you know, and so you just got to think about it like that. It's the next wave. Um, block Blockchain is really just another wave of the uh, evolution of the internet. And so she said, bottom line is there have consistently been more buyers than sellers uh, in the metaverse real estate. So with that, any other thoughts, Ryan? Well, I think it's just important to stay up with the times, stay educated on the times, uh, stay unbiased in times, 
look at different economic cycles and how can they affect the spaces that you're either involved or invested in, uh, whether that be this metaverse real estate or if it's multifamily apartments or senior living communities like it is for us, uh, understanding the economics, understanding how the when the tides change, shifts change, and shifting with those tides uh, is very important. I think that's really important. Yep. Remain objective. I mean, as hard as that can be sometimes, it's uh, truly the valuable way to go. So I want to encourage you again to subscribe to the our free newsletter. Go to trendswithbenefitspodcast.com and subscribe there or go to vincentre.com. And under resources, subscribe there. And we will be coming back to you in the near future with another podcast. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Talk to you soon. Learn more about Vincent Companies and the Trends with Benefits podcast at vincentre.com or trendswithbenefitspodcast.com. You can also give us a call at 612-424-8650 or submit questions at info at vincentre.com. And we really... Look forward to meeting you soon.